0: I don't know why they boast. Everybody's gifts borrowed. Look, producers, directors, skilled architects do what they do. To whom they're connected to? Who's the guard that chooses the best? Who is the one you think they reflected? Uh huh. Yeah. Good morning. good morning all right let's go who's excited about the word this morning come on amen Amen. I love it when the the worship team does have to work for me they already asked you to go deeper they already challenged you to go deeper They already challenged you to come forward and get prayer. They challenged you to go deeper in a hundred areas. So that erases half my message. Amen? Amen. All right. So I might be able to get get you out of here in about two hours instead of the usual three. Praise God, somebody. Come on. Well, all right. We're wrapping up. We're wrapping up a series. If you're just joining us in the last couple of weeks, we're wrapping up a series titled Simplify. Because we've just been trying to make everything simple. We're trying to make everything a little simple. We complicate too many things. Amen? So we've dealt with a lot of areas. And what we started dealing with last week is a real touchy topic. I'm going to finish it. This week is the topic of money. Yeah, I, I didn't expect nothing. <laughs> Relax. There's not an extra offering coming. Relax. I don't want anything from you. Praise God. I want something for you, amen. all right? So last week we started a message titled, Through Him, amen? Philippians four thirteen. I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. This one is Through Him, part two, all things. Amen. Say all things. all things. I can do all things. all things. Amen. Only half of you believe it, but hopefully by the time we're done, you're going to believe that and walk out of here different. Somebody ready for that? All right, let me, let me get you with the reality. You came into this world with nothing, and you will go out the same way. Amen? How many of you came in with a lot of money? How many of you going to go out with a lot of money? I don't care what you tell your children or your family. They are not going to bury you with your money. Your car's not going in there. Your, everything you, your, your, your Xbox, your, none of that is going in there with you. They're going to sell it. And be blessed by it. Amen? You came into this world with nothing, you're gonna leave here the same way. Here's a quote. Here's a quote this morning. Too often, we spend money we haven't earned to buy things we don't need to impress people who don't care. Amen, go home. Praise God. Listen, like I said last week, I'm talking about your money, but I don't want anything. From you, I want something for you. I want you to understand what it's like to be in that Christ life. Amen? I want you to be, where my old thugs at? I want you to be all about that Christ life. <laughs> Let me throw up my gang signs. You know what I'm saying? I want to get that tattooed on my abs here Christ life. Once I get some abs, then. <laughs> I want you to be all about that Christ life. I want you to experience the provision of God. I want you to learn to lean on God. I want you to see, so that we, we, we get twisted sometimes. We think the only time that we experience God is during a, a worship time like we had here this morning. And we think the only time that we experience God is when we feel the fuzzy wuzzies. You know, you know what I'm talking about, those, those fuzzies? You know when you get those goosebumps? Like, oh my God, she's singing exactly what I'm feeling. Oh my God, it's just about me today. You feel like you're the only person in the room, and that song is ministering to you, and you're getting the goosebumps, the fuzzy wuzzies, everything, right? And, and we think, some of us think that's the only way that we can experience God. And, and I want to let you know today God is bigger than the fuzzy wuzzies, God is bigger than your goosebumps. Man, God is bigger than Chuck Norris. Jason, you missed that one, bro. I said, God is bigger than Chuck Norris. I want you to experience that, God, because here's the problem. If you think the only way to experience God is when you're feeling those goosebumps, then the, 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 you might be tempted to think when you're not feeling those that God is not there. Amen. This is good stuff. You might be tempted to think, and it's my experience, that God is bigger than your emotions. God is bigger. He's truer than your feelings. Your feelings will lie to you. Say amen. Amen. God is bigger than your feelings. I want you to know the God that says I will never leave you nor forsake you. The God that says there is nowhere you can go or hide that my love is not there with you. I want you to know the God that sees you, the God that hears you. I want you to listen to the experience of those that have walked with God. This is the psalmist like David and others have said, I cried to the Lord with my voice and he heard me out of his holy hill, Psalm, Psalm 3 4. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears, Psalm 34 4. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cries, Psalm 34 15. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you'll glorify me, Psalm 50:15. When I cry to you, then shall my enemies turn back, for I know that God is with me, Psalm 56, 9. In the day of trouble, I will call upon you, and you will answer me, Psalm 86, 7. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of all of their distresses. Psalm 107.6, and it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. While they're speaking, I will yet hear, says the Lord. Isaiah 65.24. I can do all things, all things through Christ who gives me strength. Come on. He's the God that hears you whether you say it or not. He sustains you whether you see Him or not. And He provides for you whether you feel Him or not. But but here it is. To walk in the counsel of God, you have to trust God. That's the issue. (laughs) That's the source of all our problems. To walk in the counsel of God, you have to trust God. Proverbs says... Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. Now, family, I understand that we all have trust issues. Whisper to the person next to you, I got trust issues, bro. Go back to him, I know you do. It's true. I got trust issues too, bro. So I understand that when I talk about tithing, when I talk about giving of your finances, because it's a godly principle, because everything we have belongs to God anyway, I understand that that requires a level of trust. And if you're like most people here, including myself, trust isn't something we give away really easily. And we shouldn't. We shouldn't. Amen? Amen. We live in a society among a culture that's so much wickedness, so much deception. It's hard to know what's true anymore. Amen. Amen. It's hard to know who to trust anymore. I was sharing with someone the other day. I have a hard time now giving, people to, giving money to people in the train and giving money to people in the street. I used to trust people. Amen? Amen? I used to trust people, man. I used to hit people off all the time, even though I don't have a lot, but I used to give, man, because I used to trust people. I'd hear a story, and I'd be moved, and I'd give money, and i believe in my heart that I did a good thing. I helped somebody, but i have been burned so many times that I don't believe any more stories. Let me tell you one time. I don't know if I shared this story before, but one time, my wife and I, this was years ago. I think we were still dating. We were parking in the city, and this man comes up to us, and, 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 and he says, Oh, man, bro, I'm so embarrassed, man. You know that story, right? I'm so... I'm so embarrassed, man. But listen, my family broke down. They're they're right a few blocks down there by the highway. We just managed to get off the highway, man. I just I got a flat tire. I gotta change the tire. I gotta put gas in the car. My family, you could come, you could come down with me. It's just three blocks down there by the highway. We were like on Broadway, and he's saying like two, three blocks down. My family's there in the car, man. I'm so embarrassed. And and this wasn't like a sleazy, swaggy kind of guy. This was like it was a chubby Caucasian guy. He just looked trustworthy. He had that, like, Santa effect to him. He looked, he looked trustworthy. I, I trusted him, you know. And so he tells me, you can come. He gives me his wallet. And he says, look, look, here's my license. As a matter of fact, if you want to hold on to my license, hold on. Anybody been swagged like this before? Yeah. Hold on to my license. You can mail it back to me, and I'll, I'll mail you back the money. I, please, man. This is embarrassing. I don't want to keep asking people. I, this is not me, man. And he's broken. He's almost in tears. And me and my wife are eating it all up. We're we, are, we are moved by the heart of God right now. You know. <laughs> we gave him like twenty-five dollars. I think because you know that back then I was making two hundred a week. Twenty-five dollars a lot of money. Somebody say amen. We gave him like $25, whatever I had in my pocket was $20, $25, and we felt so good about ourselves. We felt like God is pleased. We felt like we had such a discerning of the Lord, and we felt wonderful. We blessed this guy, and we're helping his family. I told him, I don't need to take your license, brother. God bless you. I don't need to take your wallet. Don't you worry. You don't need to mail nothing back to me. God will supply all things. Amen. He's like, God bless you, and and the Lord be with you, and God bless you and your family. And, you know, he gave me a thousand blessings before he left, and I felt good about myself. And for two or three weeks, I was feeling awesome. Two or three weeks later, my wife and I are looking for parking again. We parked the car. This Caucasian man comes up to the window. Brother, I'm so embarrassed to be doing this. But you don't understand, my family's parked right down the block, down by the highway. My jaw dropped. I'm looking at my wife. I'm looking at him. I'm looking at my wife. He started the same, the same thing. Listen, here's my wallet. I was like. I told the guy, I said, listen, man. Do me a favor and walk away quickly. Walk away, bro, because I'm going to follow and beat you all the way down to your family by the highway that's not there, I'm sure. And, he, and he, he knew, he then, oh, I got you, right? So he was like. That's when I saw the swag, the jiggy come out of him. He was like. My bad, my bad. So listen, I don't trust anybody anymore, amen? It's so hard. To me now, everybody's lying. Ain't nobody telling me the truth. You could have your leg in a bag in the train and tell me how you need money to raise to connect this leg back to you. You could prove it's your leg. It can have the same sneaker on that you have on this foot. The hair could match. The I don't believe. I'm looking for the hustle. I said, what's your hustle, bro? You got a hustle you borrowed that leg. What, what, what's, what's going on here? You stole that leg. You're a thief. I don't believe nobody. Amen. <coughs> so listen, I understand we got trust issues and, and so I'm coming to you and I'm saying, listen, the Word of God says that we need to give Him our first fruits. And people are like, uh-uh. We gotta give. And, and I'm telling you, listen, we're supposed to tithe and we're supposed to tithe to the local church. Wherever wherever we're a part of, if you're not a part of this church, then you need to tie up to the part, the church that you're a part of. Amen. And and I, I tell you, the word says in Luke 6, give and it'll be given to you a good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. With the measure you use, it'll be used against you. Amen. But I understand that we have trust issues when it comes to our money. And so my advice to you would be this. The same advice I would give you about any relationship. Start slow. Start slow. Listen to me. Our trust levels are established based on the way the one we trust handles what they've been entrusted with. Aye, i I got to say that twice because some of you are slow. I mean, you're slow this morning. Not that you're slow. You understand? Our trust levels are established based on the way the one we trust handles what's been entrusted to them. Amen? Amen? Amen. Singles, can you take this advice? Single, where my single ladies at? Singles, use this advice. If the person you're interested in cannot be trusted with the little things. Like keeping his word. If she can't be where she said she was going to be at the time she said she was going to be, if she can't be trusted with little, don't marry the creep and then come complaining to me that he needs counseling. He wasn't trustworthy when you met him. You think marrying him was going to make him trustworthy? No. Now you got to live with it and deal with it and work on it. Amen? So please, if you're still single, take this. Establish trust in little bits. Come on. There's a principle that comes with that trust. It's a biblical principle, but even non-Bible followers follow it. To whom much is given, much is expected. To whom much has been entrusted to, much is required of. Amen? Just like the levels of trust, the levels of expectation that comes with that trust. Let's get into a parable. Let's look at a parable that Jesus used. When he was talking about the kingdom of heaven, it's in Matthew 25. It's called the parable of the talents. But understand, the talents, that's a word that means measure. It's not the word talent that we understand as our talents, our gifts today. It's a word that means measure. So it's the parable of the measures, okay? So so Jesus is talking to his people, and he says, listen, the kingdom of heaven is like this. It's like a man who goes on a journey, he's talking about himself, he leaves and leaves his disciples, then he's coming back, but we're not going to get that deep today. It would be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one, he gave five talents, to another, he gave two talents of money, and to another, he gave one talent of money, each according to their abilities. That's key. Listen to that each according to their abilities. No, the master set the provision levels for these people according to what they were able to handle. Say amen. 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 you get it. So one guy started with five measures. Understand that a talent, you know, commentators have had a hard time trying to figure out exactly what that money would be today. But a talent, they said it was something close to like a year's wages. So imagine I gave you a year's wages. And to one guy, I gave... Two years' wages to another guy I gave five years' wages. It's a lot of money, amen? So right off the bat, this, this story ruffles a lot of people's feathers. It brings out Christian neck rolls and everything. I don't understand why somebody got to get five <laughs> and why that guy. I don't know why they trust him with five and I only get two. I, you don't know this. You know, All of a sudden we get all crazy, right? I don't know why I got to have one. And the, Bro, you've been entrusted with a measure that you didn't earn. Trust it. Listen, God gives as he wants to give. Somebody say amen. Okay, so, 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 you know, we, we, we get, let me, let me free, can I free you with this today? Let me give you three quick tips on this. Number one, don't hate. Don't hate. Listen, don't desire more than you have the ability to be responsible for. God gives as he desires, he gives as he wants. If God gives somebody 5 measures, he's going to hold them more accountable than the one he gave 2 measures to. Amen. To whom much is given. Let me free somebody today. Tip number 2. Stop comparing yourselves with others. We beat ourselves up, we destroy ourselves, we, we get ourselves depressed. Our our our, our everything just cre- when we compare ourselves with others. Amen. I hear people say, oh, my friend, he's only, he's only 30-something, he got a big house, he got two cars, he got a white fence. His dog gives you his paw and rolls over. <laughs> my dog just eats the sofa. <laughs> the truth, stop comparing yourself because the truth is we all started at different places. Amen. Ah, can that free you today with that? Amen. We all started at different places. If more is what you desire, then be faithful with what you've been given. You can get more. It's awesome. The word of God is so awesome. Listen, you can get more. I'm not saying you have to stay at that provision level. You can get more, but be faithful with your, what you've been entrusted with. Because there's a, there's, a, there's a principle. In the same principle, it says if you could be trusted with little, then you could be trusted with more. And he even says at the end of the story, to the one that has more, more will be given. Tell somebody. To the one that has more, more will be given. Anybody? y'all ain't ready for more y'all ain't ready for more can I testify today that God is faithful that he doesn't leave us at the same provision level all of our lives I have been at different provision levels and honestly looking back let me tell you I wouldn't trade the one measure years for anything in the world because it was during the leaner years that I learned to trust God this is good stuff let me help somebody today. Quick tip number three. Don't pretend to be at a different provision level than what you're at. Ooh. Somebody put that fan on. Dad, <laughs> listen to this quote. Debt comes from wanting more than God's current provision for your life. Debt speaks against God. Ay, ay, ay. I'm not making no friends today. Debt speaks against God. Debt is saying, God, you haven't, ah, oh, that's one heaven. Debt says, you haven't given me, that tells God, you haven't put me at the right provision level. So th- let's get back to the story because everybody's offended already. The story goes on to say the one that, that, that went out and he got busy with what he was given and, and, and he understood that it wasn't his. Understand, the master didn't give it to him. He entrusted it to him for a while. Everything we have is God's. So, so the master gave him. I want you to give you five talents. He went out. He got busy with it. He invested. He traded. And he made five more measures. He doubled his money. Church, we got to take risks sometimes. With what God has given us. We got to step out and stand on what God has given us the ability to do. That's for somebody today. Listen. The second one, he went out. He got busy. He didn't make five like the first one. He only made two, but he started with less. He still doubled his money. Church, God is calling us to be faithful, good stewards of what he's given us the ability to have. Amen? Can we get that today? Listen. So after a long time, it says years later... The master returned, and this is a a picture of God's second coming of Christ when he comes back and asks us and holds us accountable for how we've lived our lives and how, right? So it says years later, the master returned, and he was pleased with both of the results that he received, and they both received the same reward. The one that made five and the one that made two, he said to them, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's joy. It says, enter into the joy of the Lord. Awesome. Now notice the master didn't expect the same amount from both of them. He just expected them to handle what they were given. Amen. The last servant, he took his one talent and he buried it. And when the master returned, he ran, he dug it up. And he brought his initial investment back to the master along with what he thought was a good excuse. (laughs) He said, here God, here's what you, he's dusting it off. Here's what you gave me. I know that you are a hard man, he tells tells the, the, the master. He tells him, I know you're a hard man. I know that you reap where you didn't sow. You gather where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid. And so I went away and I hid your talent in the ground. Church family, this gives us a picture that when we have the wrong idea of who God is and what he wants for us, then we have an unhealthy fear of God. When we have an unhealthy fear of God, we won't step out and enjoy the provision of God. We bury it. I don't know what you guys got buried right now, but some of you here, you've buried what God has given you. And you said, I'm, I, I don't know if I can step out like that. I don't know if I could do those things. I don't know. Or, or you've, you've, you've taken that and maybe put it in something else. Because you, you say, God is harsh, man. Living in ministry, working in ministry, that's a hard thing. That's not me. That's not. Listen, we're all called to be ministers. Amen. We're called to be the light of the world. Amen. What more ministry you want than that? That's not a title. You don't need a title to be the light of the world. You're the light of the world. Amen. You're the salt of the earth. You don't need a title for that. I don't know what we've done with what God's entrusted us with, but here's what the master said when he returned. He said, you wicked and lazy servant. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten. See, God entrusted each of us with a measure according to our present abilities. And some of you can say, man, you know, whatever, I worked hard, I earned it. Listen, that's awesome. You're awesome. But do you really think you could have done it without a God-given ability? Yeah. I, love, I love talking to people that say, oh, I did this, I did this on my own. I, I reached it, I went to school at night, I, I worked 16 jobs, I did this, I did, I earned everything. Do you think that, how come everybody can't do that then? Do you think maybe God has given you an ability? God has put something in you. God has has equipped you to do the things that you've been able to do. God has given you the ability to be intelligent, to be able to do it without college. Come on, some of you. And then, and, then, and then God is giving some of you the ability and the extra to be in college. To, 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 to deal with the homework and deal with the workload and deal with the pressures. And, and giving you the ability that some of us don't have to get through college, man. And to get a degree, to get that paper, to get... Come on. See, I believe, church, I believe everything is the Lord's. We just have to be good managers. And listen to me, if that sounds too constricting or too limiting... It's liberating. Ask anybody that's been in the Christ life for a long time. It's liberating when you put your trust in the one that's trustworthy. It's liberating when you entrust to the one that gives you the ability to make wealth. The ability to to do what he's called you to do. Amen. Let me be totally transparent with you. For us, my family, for probably most of the financial issues that we had as a family were because we chose to live above God's provision for our lives. It's going to get ugly now. God says, when I can trust you with a little, God says, I'll give you more. I'm at that more stage right now. Somebody say amen. Amen. I love it, man. I'm at the more stage and I love it. It's nice to have a little something, something. Amen. Amen. It's nice to, to go food shopping and not have to worry that we went over $86. Well, more like $46 back then. I used to follow my wife around when we were food shopping. And she, she picked the cereal that was on sale, and she grabbed two of them. And I'd go and put the one back and we only need one this week. And it was, sure, we used to fight. It was stressful. Because I, I handled all the budget. I handled all the finances. I knew we had $46 for groceries. She's shopping like we shopping for the month. I said, no, 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 no. And so we'd have issues, you know? I said, mama, do we really need now? Let's put that back. That's, you know, because I, I was scared, because I'm the one that when we got to the register, she break out. I gotta swipe and go. Like I said, um, I tell you what, can you put the oatmeal meal back? Can you just anybody been there? You're like, and there's a line, there's always 16 people behind you going. And I'm like, shut up, I don't got the little wick card that you got, all right? I'm paying cash, leave me alone, bro. Put the oatmeal back, please. I didn't need it. I changed my mind. But listen, I'm at the more stage right now. Get the extra oatmeal. Get oatmeal for the month. I don't care. Get the peach, the strawberry, the blueberry, whatever you feel like getting. I limited you long enough. My wife goes shopping without me now. <laughs> I love you, baby. <laughs> now listen, I, and, and I believe. Listen, I believe there's a more stage coming for some of you right now. And this isn't prosperity preaching, God wants you to be rich. No. God says if you're faithful with the little, I'm going to entrust you with more. It's a principle. It's a principle. Amen. There's a difference between living on faith and trusting God to provide and living above your provision and expecting God to pay off. Ah. Quote it. Tweet it. That's good. Too many Christians are, are trusting in God, are living above our provision level and trusting God to pay off. God will supply all my needs. And we got the iPhone 6 Plus. But you're two months behind on your, on your cell phone payment. But you're buying a $700 phone. And then you complain and you got no money. Who are you trying to impress? Come on. Stay with me. I love you. It's all good. Can I give you a good practice for your finances? Good practice. This is, this is good practice. Anybody, if you've been in church long enough and you've understood this long enough, anybody do the 10, 10 80? Are you serious? This is all You guys all got saved last week? 10, 10 80. Let me give you a good practice for your finances. Proverbs 13, 11 says, Dishonest money dwindles away. But whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. Come on, you want to make your money grow? Yeah. 10 10 80. here's my principle, this is what I've been doing. This is an old, I didn't make this up, this is a long time, I've learned this from a lot of people. It's hard to start, it's hard to get into, but once you do it, man, you see the faithfulness of God. I give my first fruits to God, my first 10 percent. I get 10 dollars in my hand, I give a dollar to God. I get a 100 in my hand, I give 10 dollars to God. I get a thousand in my hand. I'm blessed. I'm happy to give a 100. Why? Because I got a1,000. I got 10,000 in my account. I'm happy to give. A th- do the math, you, you understand. I'm not good with the big numbers.) <laughs> So I give my first 10 1080. I give my first 10% to God, I give myself 10%. I put 10% in a fund. I put 10% in an emergency fund. I like to call it my really fund. Let me tell you what the really fund is. You know when you get to the car and you got two flats and a dead battery? And you go, Really? Really? You know you, you get home to cook a meal, people are coming over, and the oven is burnt out? And you're like, really? Really? The mechanic calls, he said, I need three parts for your car, that's it. But I got to get them from the dealer. Really? Really? Like, now? Really? Now? I just made my wife put back cereal boxes now? Really? I let her buy the extra oatmeal today, and really? I got... You understand? So when you put 10 on an emergency fund, you got a really fund. So and it starts small because 10% of whatever you're paying is 10%, but whatever. You put that. So now you get to the car, you go, oh, I need new tires. All right. You know what? I needed new tires anyway. Those tires was bald. I needed to change them three years ago. I should have changed them, right? So you know what? My really fund, I already got a little bit stored up in there. I'll take that. So now I don't get hit 100% because I already have a cushion. Amen? It's a, good, it's a good way to live. I'm telling you, 10, 10, 80. So listen, so you put 10, I give 10 to First Fruits to God, I give 10 to the emergency fund, and I learn to live at 80% provision level. It's healthy. It's good, I'm telling you. I'd rather have 80% blessed than all my money cursed. You can do what you want to do. Like I tell you, trust, trust, take small steps, and trust God. Take small steps. And then as God, is, as God you, you, you get it. It's going to take a level of trust. But listen, can I testify? This is how I want to close today. I've given you scriptures. I've given you principles. I've given you best practices. I want to just share testimony right now. Can I do that? Yes. Can I just? Because listen, the word says we overcome by the word of the, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. I want to share some stuff with you to get you encouraged this morning. Amen. So let me, let me start right at the beginning. Shortly after my wife and I became Christians, we started working in ministry. We started cleaning. We started nursery duty. We worked with the kids. Eventually, we went on to, to youth ministry. We were 15 years in the same church. Oh, my God. But wait a minute. Didn't, like, cooler churches open up all around us? Didn't we get invitations to go to the hipper churches? Oh, yeah. They, we did. But God called us to a certain place, and we stayed where God had us. So, all about David, hurts. So listen, during those years, we were focused on the kids and the church. We didn't have a lot of money. We learned to trust God for the big things. I've told you some of my car stories. I went through about seven humtis in seven years, right? I, every time I needed I, I, got a, I got a job, right? I got married. I had a, my wife was pregnant and not in, in the right order, but, but, you know. And so I started working. And 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 I needed I needed a a car to get to work. God provided a car. I got a free car. How many you know when when Christians give you a free car? (laughs) You know that one is like this. (laughs) Like it only goes 30 miles an hour, and that's if it's on a good day, right? All right, so anyway, I was, but, but God blessed me, and, and, and those jalopies that I got, they only lasted, you know, seven months, six months before they broke down again. But every time my car broke down, God gave me another car. God provided like seven cars in seven years. Say so that's awesome, right? Now listen, I'm convinced God could have provided newer cars. I'm convinced God could have provided cars with actual paint on them. I don't think I had one car that you could tell that what color it was. Every single one of them had rust. It was all rust. People that know me know. I think I had four Ford Tauruses, like three Mercury Sables, which is the same car. And I had one Nissan Maxima that was rust color. The, the insurance, didn't matter what the title says, the car was rust color. It never matched. Right? Now listen, I didn't see it then, but God was starting to increase my provision level. Because even the last two humtis that I had, somebody had given me a car even before the car I was driving broke down. So I was driving a rust bucket, but I had another rust bucket in the driveway waiting for this one to go. Say amen. That's good stuff. Ugly as hell, these cars. I mean, horrible. But I already had one. The last two, I already had an extra one in the driveway waiting For this one to break down, God was increasing my provision levels. Say amen. Amen. I'm I'm convinced God could have given me a car that had less than 180,000 miles maybe. But either way, my God supplied all my needs according to his riches and glory. Amen. But listen to how God dealt with my wife. Just when my kids were old enough, they had to go to school. We wanted to put them in a nice Christian school. So we found the Christian school in Yonkers, my wife volunteered all her time at the Christian school to be able to pay for the school because we couldn't afford no private school, right? So she volunteered there, so she needed a car to get her and the kids to Yonkers. All of a sudden my mother-in-law moves in with us and she has a brand new Mitsubishi Gallant. Like in a color, it was actually white. (laughs) She had a car with color on it. You could actually wax it. It was beautiful. It started. I didn't have to open the hood and start with a screwdriver. Anybody have one of those? <coughs> All right. Anyway. So, so she, boom, she gets a car to drive. But, but listen, but, but my wife is on another level, man. So my wife starts praying. She wants a minivan. I'm like, a minivan? That's like an Escalade for us right now. You know what I'm saying? That's a minivan. We ain't rocking no minivan. You know how big a minivan, how much it costs, how much? But guess what? She gets a brand, uh, not a brand new, but she gets one free somebody just moves in their heart to give her a minivan. And I'm talking, it was a Toyota Previa. It was amazing. It had captain seats that spun around. (laughs) Everything worked. It had two sunroofs. My wife is balling with two (laughs) sunroofs. Two sun, who needs two sunroofs? Free. Free, God just provided, amen. Everything worked in that car, it was amazing. Now listen, we weren't making any money but we learned to tithe during that time. And I'll be honest, I'm not, I'm the one that handles all the bills and the finance. Like I tell you, my wife is the one that always nagged me about tithing. She didn't care if I paid Con but she'd always ask me, did you pay the tithe? Did you pay the, and I used to get mad. you know what So I wasn't a cheerful giver for a long time. I'll be honest with you, I wasn't. I just knew this was the right thing to do. I wasn't happy about it. I felt like we couldn't afford it. I felt like I could use that more to buy more oatmeal and cereals. So I don't have to fight with you in the store. But she would always, listen, did you pay the tithe? Like, yes, honey, I paid the tithe. <laughs> then, then there'd be offerings in church for a new project. She's like, I feel like we got to give $100. I'm like, $100? Really, God? Really? really? And that went past my really fund, that went past everything. <laughs> like, really? Just to give her, th- I think all the people in the church should be able to do that. I don't think we have to support that project. We ain't got no money. You don't even work. You volunteer. You understand? But listen, but listen, listen, listen. So I'm just saying that because I, I'm going to let you know I don't take any credit in the fact that we've been tired of this for a long time. It was only later on that I learned when I saw God's provision level. When I saw that every time I had a need, God provided. When I saw that the provisions would come out of nowhere when you didn't expect them. You know what I'm saying? Like who gives you a car seven times? Come on, man. Who does? You got to start to pull back and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. I may not be styling with a good radio in the car, but I got this for free. And the way I'm going, when this breaks down, I'm pretty sure God's going to give me another one for free. Or God's going to increase my provision level and allow me to buy one finally. Amen? So, all right. So, so at that point, listen, I'll be honest. We were making $200 a week. That was back at the start of our marriage. $200. We've been married 100 years, so that goes back a long time. When you're making $200 a week, giving 20 bucks is, is, is difficult. Amen? Then when you're making $500, dropping to 50 hurts a little more. But like I said last week, the more blessed you are, the more you make, the harder it is to give the same percentage. Because all of a sudden, it seems too much to give, doesn't it? You're keeping 90%, but it seems too much to give. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. the church don't need it. Not like they got to pay a mortgage or nothing like that. So I credit my wife for taking that as a priority in our finances. So I'm not surprised that when she prayed for things, she got exactly what she asked for. There's more, there's more testimony. Everything we all, everything we ever needed was somehow supplied. Psalm 37 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. She lives on that verse. He, give, he said, my God will give me the desires of my heart. She came to me once. She said, I want to take the kids to Disney World. I said Disney World. That's for rich people. Hispanics don't go to Disney World. We go to ride Playland. <laughs> I said, how about we go to ride Playland, buy them bunny ears, and tell them it was Disney World. They're little. They don't care. We take pictures with Mickey. We say, yeah, we took you to Disney World when you were little. She wanted to go to Disney World. That's crazy money. We're talking airlines, hotel, not to mention $18 sodas, $27 hot dogs. It's insane up in that place. Well, guess what happens? We get a free trip. The church had a ministry thing that we had to go to, a thing, so they paid paid for our whole family to go to Florida. While we're in Florida, we got the hotel paid for. While we were there, we got tickets to go to Disney World. What? 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 So I got the pictures of little Kelly with her, with her, and, and Megan with the little bunny ears. They're, and it's really in, it's not right playing that. it's really in Disney World. Not bunny ears, Mickey Mouse ears. It's, tired, it's hard work up here, right? <laughs> give me a break. So the word says, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those that ask him? Church, it's unbelievable how God supplies when you put him first. You don't understand. I want this for you. I don't want nothing from you. I want you to be about that Christ life. Because it's awesome. It doesn't end there. Many of you know the story. I had a a cousin whose husband became like my best friend. And they had two kids, two boys. And he passed away. And and the boys were little. My girls were little. And I said, no, no, we got to live together. We're going to have to. So so we went house shopping. What? <laughs> we got no credit, bad credit, we got no really fund at all. We had low income, so when you have low income, bad debt, that's that's and, and low income and high debt, that's a low credit score, right? You can't buy a house with that. But we went house shopping because I want the kids to live together. I wanted us to, to, to have a house together where we can play, where we can have a yard. I wanted a backyard. We had all these requirements. I wanted a backyard. I was, listen, I'm still at a low provision level, but I go house shopping because God has already shown me that he's with me. God has already shown us that he can be trusted. God has already given me nine or ten cars at this point, including a minivan. So I know that God can do can do this. Amen. When we lived, on, we lived on Noble Avenue in the Bronx, we had a neighbor upstairs named Reyes. God bless him, man. Reyes came downstairs one time and he peeked into our house because the door was open. And he noticed it was December and we didn't have a Christmas tree. He went back out. He came right back. He gave us money. He said, I want you to go buy a Christmas tree for those girls. For the next three years, he gave us money every year to buy a Christmas tree. I mean, like, come on. You know what I'm saying? Reyes Reyes would come down. Reyes would come down with two plates because he made extra food. He would come down with two plates with the platanos and the steak and the whatever and to make sure there was enough food there so that we would all me and the kids would always eat. Reyes would come down, sometimes he knocked the door, and there's a bag of groceries on the door. I mean God has shown his provision level. When you trust him, God will not let you go hungry. God will just provide every step of the way. Somebody say amen. Amen. So we had already seen the hand of God do things and provide things that we couldn't afford. So we went house shopping. The realtor, you know they do your numbers first. So you're looking at us like you're crazy. (laughs) You want to buy a what? I don't think I could approve you for a car. Forget about a house. I said let's go house shopping. So they started showing us slum, houses that were like barely standing up. Houses that, oh, it just needs a little bit of work. A little bit of work? This needs to be torn down and demolished. <laughs> Ain't nobody going to live there. I'm not going to live there with my kids. I want a place with a backyard. I want my kids to run around. I want all of them to have their own rooms. I want, right? And they're, and they're looking at me, you're crazy. I said, let's keep shopping. And so we went, we went looking. And to me, you know, make a long story short, when we first saw the house that we ended up miraculously buying, what made us know that God would make a way with this house was that all the things that Michelle asked for were in this house. She had seen in the magazines, you know, she liked those Victorian magazines. She had seen a dining room that had the beams on the ceiling. It's a silly thing. We don't need beams in the ceiling, right? You don't need that. But she had seen that and she wanted that. And she said, God, I would love to have a house that had beams, exposed beams, you know, in the dining room. We walk into this house and there's exposed beams in the dining room. I always wanted to have a fireplace because, you know, you see the movies, you see people with a fireplace. and say, like, wow, that's so beautiful. The family around the fireplace. This house had a fireplace in the living room and a fireplace in the master bedroom. I said, I like this house. This house, I always wanted to have stairs. You know, some of you, I'm not crazy about them now, but back then, I, to me, to me, like if you had a house, you know, in the movies, they go, oh, I'm going upstairs to the room, you know. And it's like, whoa, God. I always lived in apartments, so we never had stairs. I want stairs. I get into this house, it's three levels. We got three floors of stairs. Now I hate them, but... but. So, I was in, the, we're in this house physically looking at the house, and I said, God, I, I need a sign from you. Before I, I assure the kids and the family, my cousin and, the, and my wife, before I assure them... That, that this is the house for us, that we're going to get this, that you're going to give me this. I said, God, I need a sign from you. Anybody ever done that? So we looked, we went through this entire house. And the lady that owned the house, she was, she was very into her African culture. So she had like African voodoo mask everywhere. I said, God, that's not a sign. <laughs> that's a sign that I should probably run. But we looked all through the house, all through the house. I didn't notice anything. And I'm praying, I'm I'm praying. By myself, I didn't tell anybody this. This is just me, me and God. I'm saying, God, I need a sign from you to know before so that I can stand on your word and and encourage the kids because they're going to be, this process is long and there are going to be times where they're not going to believe and there are going to be times where they're not going to have the faith. I want to know that you give me a sign so that I can stand on that sign. So I'm looking all through the house. I'm almost done with the whole house. And I'm saying, God, I didn't see a sign. Maybe this is not the house. I'm in the attic right now. And I'm I'm going to the corner, and there's a door in the attic. You know those doors that have all the glass panes? Two or three of them are missing, but in one glass pane, there's a little sticker about this big. It's about an inch by an inch. And the sticker says, with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. With God, all things are possible. Worship team, come on. Church, it's a much longer story, but with low income, bad credit, no money in the bank, low credit scores, we got that house. And even through the hard times that follow, we still have that house. And because God is a faithful father, I can tell you today that you can trust him. I can tell you today that if you start small, if you have to, some of you, God, you need to just step out. But some of you, start small if you have to. Do a 5, five 90. Start small. But trust God. Take a step to trust God. Like the worship team was telling you this morning. It's time to take another step. You never raise your hand. Raise your hand. I'm telling you now in your finances, in your life. If you start small. If you never, then, then, then do what you've never done. Start small. But once you see the provision of God, you're going to want to give him more. Not because you want to get more, but because you're so blessed because you don't understand where that check came from because it doesn't make sense that that credit got wiped out because it doesn't make sense. Listen, when we bought our house, they told told me that roof has only got about five or six more years on it, you're gonna have to change that roof. It's been 15 years, we still got the same roof. (laughs) Ain't got one leak in the house. There's more, there's, there's more, there's, there's small steps that God t- t- took us through to, to build where we go so, so that we may be able to trust them more, to step out in faith, believing in God. Listen, in 2001, I was working a corporate job. And I had been with this company for over 10 years. And God has shown me many, many miracles while I was working there. Two times, the building that I was working in got shut down. Everybody got laid off and I got called into another building. Two times, how many of that happened in your lifetime? Twice they they, they moved the manufacturing to, to Mexico and, and laid off everybody. But they said, Mr. Martinez, would you come meet us at corporate? We want to talk to you. Everybody's been laid off, I still got a job, and I get a better job each time. They moved me to another warehouse, and I was managing a local area of trucks. I got there. They shut down that, and they, they, were, they went with um, you know, FedEx and them for the trucks. They got rid of the whole local fleet. Got rid of my job. Got rid of my position. Got rid of the whole warehouse. I get a phone call. Mr. Martinez, would you come over to corporate? We'd like you to maybe work here at corporate. I get another bump. You got to understand how God will just rescue. I'm talking, I feel bad that that whole building got laid off. But, but I, I can't do anything about that. God's hand was on my life. And God was showing me his provision level for my life. So I, at this point, 2001, I was, I was at a director level. I was, had a nice office. I was making bonuses. Good corporate money. Then 9-11 happened. And my wife and I both felt it was time to leave corporate and step out into full-time ministry. I was making 70 grand back, this is 2000 I was making 70 grand when I left to step out into full-time ministry. The church already told me they can't afford to pay me. World Vision all of a sudden opens up a program and says, we're going to, we created this program for youth youth, uh, pastors. We're going to make you a youth pastor with World Vision. We're going to pay you $30,000 a year say praise God but 30 is not 70 I know some of you say I'll take the 30 but I'm coming from 70 this is a $40,000 cut but God had already been preparing me to trust Him to step out God is already telling me I can do all things through Him who gives me strength? Watch this. I ended up being in full-time ministry about seven years in total. <laughs> Throughout that time, we felt God leading us to start this church. To step out of faith and start a brand new church. And we fought it and we said, No, God, you bugging. And we went back and forth. And God said, No, I'm serious. No, you bugging. No, I'm serious. No, uh, prove it. I proved it. Prove it again. I'll prove it again. Really tell me this way. I'll tell you this way. Tell me this way, but I'll tell you this way. We're like, all right, all right, God, we're out. And so we stepped out. For seven years, there were lean times. Say lean times. There was struggle. I didn't have health insurance for seven years. I had a wife and two kids. Two kids that had been already to the hospital with ear infections, sinus infections. You know how that goes. As a matter of fact, my daughter Megan had a a burst appendix before I left corporate. We were in the hospital for a week or two. You know, you can imagine the money that was. But we step out, we have no health insurance for seven years. They didn't have to go to the dentist once. They didn't have to go to the hospital once. Not once. We stepped out of faith with no insurance. They didn't need anything. We planted this church and it has been a step of the faith each and every step of the way. Every time we stepped out, we rented a bigger place, a more expensive place, just so we could fit more people. Every time our little place got filled up, we said it's time for double services. No, I don't want double services. I want everybody in our church to know each other. I don't want them to be a second shift and a third shift. I want us all to grow together and know each other. It's hard enough to know each other like this. And so every time we outgrew the building, we said we'll buy, we'll go get a new building. And it's a step of faith. We went from six hundred to three thousand to nine thousand. But God, we believe we can do it because God has already showed us all things. Let me give you a disclosure of the finances here because you're part of this church and you should know what it costs to run this church. There's no offering coming, relax. Seriously, I just want you to know what it costs to run this building. Do you know every month we pay in bills to open the building, to keep it running, $12,000. Do you know that we were doing this with 100 people here? Now we got about 2 250, sometimes 3. If everybody showed up, they'd be over 300. But so $12,000 a month for this building. That's almost 150k a year just to keep the building open and running. And we've been doing it for 6 years stepping out in faith now as a church. Listen, I've never had to beg or manipulate or put a guilt trip on people to raise money for I'm letting you know. Amen. Never, never, never. I don't ever want to see that here. Because I know that through him, we can do all things. I know that my God will supply. Listen, church family, let's, let's stand for a minute. Let's stand. I don't know what things you need to trust God for right now. We've already had a, a time of prayer where you came forward. As a matter of fact, right after the service, there's prophetic. If you need to to get prayed for and get a prophetic word, you go to the side rooms. But here we are. I don't know what things you need to trust God for right now. But I want to tell you, he's the God of all things. He's the God of all things. All things belong to him. All things are him. And through him, you can do all things. Can we pray and then worship a few minutes before we leave? Amen. Father, we just... Go ahead, you pray. Thank you, Lord.